All right, Dusty, let's keep this short and sweet because we like to extend our intros. Just like you extended that intro? Ooh. <laughs> Today on the podcast, we are talking about... Ministers of Music. Music Ministry. And... We have a local celebrity on the show today. His name is Tyler Spradlin. And he is a worship leader at Church That Matters. In Sand Springs, Oklahoma. So if you're ever in the Sand Springs area on a Sunday, stop in Church That Matters and listen to him sing. His beautiful, beautiful voice. He will serenade you. You know the best part about being a worship leader when you're in high school? What's that? All the ladies. Okay, and with that, let's go to our interview. Today on the podcast, we have a very special guest. Watch out, ladies. He's no longer single, so back off. Well, I mean, he's he's engaged. Dusty, you remember what you used to say about your cousin? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Would you like to tell people my (laughs) advice to you when it came to my cousin? So this is how Dusty would get me to go to his uh, family Christmases and Thanksgivings. Hey, uh, my cousin will be there. And I'd be like, dude, she has a boyfriend. Yeah, but she's not married. (laughs) Well... In this case, ladies, stay away. Um, he's happy. All right. Back to who we have on the podcast. It is Tyler, the one and only Spradlin. Tyler is a worship leader. He plays guitar. He does a little singing. He also has a side job because he doesn't get paid to do that. So, Tyler, how are you doing today? Doing good. So, yes, uh, tell us about yourself. Well, I, as far as worship leading goes, uh, I've been leading worship for probably, I'd say, 10 years. Dang, that's you're old. Crazy. Yes. Yeah, I didn't think about that until I just said that. <laughs> that sounds weird. Um, so how'd you get into it? Well, uh, I was saved when I was 13. Uh, I was going to uh, a church with my friend, and there was this new guy there. Uh, who was just getting into leading worship and uh, at the time. And I started going uh, weekly. And then a year or two later, I think it was actually our past, our youth pastor's wife, she just said, I remember her saying, um, I heard you singing in, the, uh, in big church, is what they called it, the, in the sanctuary like on Sundays. <laughs> right, I remember. Big church. I still call it big church. So you have a really good voice, and so I, uh, you know, I was a little encouragement, and then just gradually worked my way into um, playing guitar. I, I got an acoustic, and then Dusty um, actually let me sing with him. Wait, this Dusty? This Dusty? This guy right here? Yeah, that's the new guy I was talking about. I was am the story. I'm part of his success story. Oh wow! His success is because of my. <laughs> you let this guy actually influence you. <laughs> Wow. I wouldn't be doing it today if it weren't for Dusty. I'll say that. I do remember he was a more of a doughy 
kind of guy. I was playing football. Okay, he was a, he was a lineman. I ate too much. <laughs> he ate a lot. He wasn't just the lineman. He was the center. He was the center. I'm glad you say I was Doey because yeah, that means yeah. I'm not now, right? You're, you're not now. You you might be pudgy now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you. You were very – I remember you were very nervous, and so we used to start by just – I just had you sing the first verse – or the second verse of songs. Yeah. And then then it was – I remember the first song – do you remember the first song that you fully led? Oh. Oh, yes. Well, I guess not because I can't <laughs> think of it, but uh, you something. Oh. Come on. I can't think of it. Found love beyond yes. all What's that reason. song? Hill song, right? Yeah. You gave your life, you're all for me. Yeah, I remember that. I remember you guys coaching me through it. Like, just lead the song. Just lead people. Don't Every, just sing it. Yeah, don't just sing it. If nobody gets saved, it's because you did it wrong. <laughs> exactly. I was like, oh my gosh. A lot of pressure they put on you. But you're still doing it today, and obviously we've actually switched roles where TS leads, and I back him up. He's that good. What do you know? Or I'm just that bad. (laughs) (laughs) Probably the latter of the two. A little bit of both. (laughs) It's really the dancing you do on stage, Dusty, that scares people off. I think that's why he stays in that role, because we need that. You know, It's valuable. I'm a little more high energy. Yeah, we need somebody. my lack of quality. We need somebody who's uh, on Ritalin. So do you remember that one time? At band camp? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just thinking, I was going back to early early beginnings. Um, I, I had a trouble praying. Do you know what I'm about to go into? You had trouble praying. Out loud, like yeah. after a song or after worship. There's this one time I remember, and I tell it all the time, but it's just... Uh, I was praying, you know, say, oh. you know, God, this, Lord, thank you. And, and uh, <clears throat> you know, a normal prayer after you would lead worship. And uh, I ended it with, and just, <laughs> amen. <laughs> so I was like, I was going through all these things and I said, just, Amen. I guess amen. <laughs> you yeah, know, it's kind of like, think of anything uh, else. how do you end this thing? <laughs> just kept going and going. Yeah. <laughs> it's always awkward as a worship leader to talk into the mic. Like, that's the worst part for me. Like, just, oh, I remember one time I was pre- or talking, you know, and it's the first song. And the first song of a worship set is always the fast song, right? Yeah. And so yeah, we did the fast song and... I was like, hey, everybody, glad you're here today, da-da-da-da, um, thanks, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. And then another time I, I was like, hey, we, we have two services now at our church, and so I was like, hey, guys, we're glad you're here today, would you stand as we continue to worship? And then I'm like, wait a minute, this is their first song that we should start worship. I don't know, it's just... <laughs> And I kind of, I said that in the mic, yeah. like I, I was thinking through that in the mic, and I was like, "Dow, what?" And I, and I think even this this well, past, you said all of that. Yeah, I said, "Well, you know, it's my second service, your first service. You get the gist." Like nobody probably even knew what I said. Yeah. It was weird, but see what happens when you're not there, TS. But yeah. sometimes that's good. I mean, that's personable. I think 
Like there have been times that I've been there, uh, and you've led and you've said something like off the offhand, and I think I think it makes it more personable. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at little blurbs like that. Well, me neither. Obviously, <laughs> like uh, Christmas, um, I we're doing the uh, Advent candles, and I was like, Oh yeah, today we light the candle of joy for the joy Christ brought to the world. <laughs> <laughs> so joyous sounding, right? Joy to the world is all I could think of. The Lord has come, right? Chapter 7, we're talking about ministers of music, music ministers, music ministry. Every church has one. I don't think you can go to a church. You can't even go to a, a church that doesn't believe in instruments. They'll still have some sort of singing. Right. And they'll they'll sing the same genre of songs. Right. Like contemporary songs. They'll just clap a lot more. And they do that. They got some bass guy, you know, doing the bass notes, just the hums. Yeah. Which you could argue, side note, you could argue that your vocal cords are an instrument. <laughs> just saying. You can. Go it's ahead. true. They don't want to recognize that. What's well, funny, I go to the, I've I go to the, this one church whenever I visit some family and and they believe in that. So they have two services, one with instruments and one without. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, it, it, just, then, it just speaks to the things that divide churches and where all these denominations have come from. Right. Um, Picking out one thing and focusing on that. Yeah, and then you realize later, like, crap, that really didn't matter as much as we thought it did. Right. But uh, going to stay in this <laughs> in this thing. So this chapter starts out talking about um, the origins of the choir. Have you ever sang in a choir? I have, actually. I'm a choir boy, baby. Wow. <laughs> okay. You well, had to have planned that, right? You I didn't, didn't actually. Oh my gosh. No, Dusty is just naturally that cheesy. I am. I believe it. I'm a dad. That's true. I have dad jokes now. <laughs> you are a dad joke. <laughs> 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 Talk about personable. <laughs> well, it's great to have you on our podcast, Tyler. <laughs> Dusty, you instantly turned red. <laughs> yeah, it's because it's hot in here. I'm about to take my shirt off again. <laughs> Gosh. So, T.S., have you ever sang in a choir? Yep, I have. A church choir or just school choir? No, I've never sang in a church choir. Just school from like fourth grade. Have you ever been a part of a church that has had a choir? I believe so. The church uh, I started at, when I first started going, I was like nine. And I think they had a choir. Dusty, do you remember our choir? Um, Growing up, the church yeah. I grew up in? Uh, yeah. Oh my goodness. It was such a joke. I mean, it was... Um, sorry, Lord. Yeah. apologize for that. It wasn't <laughs> a joke. But. It was all the elderly ladies in the church that wanted to seem important. But had nothing else to do. Well, I feel like they're the ones that just want to like be able to stare at everybody. Like, right. This message is for you, son. Stop acting up. <laughs> yeah. Especially some of those grandmas up there. They just straight up snap their fingers pointing at you. I sang in the choir a few times. Like They were always like, we need to get you in the choir. Choir. <laughs> and then they pinch his cheeks. Yeah. And I'm like, how am I going to be in a choir if people see me fall asleep during the sermon? <laughs> well, I guess I haven't 
I guess I haven't experienced that very much. So they would just stay on stage yeah. the whole time? Yep. Like, in the, at least in the church we grew up in, like, they kind of came out right before, like, that was the start of the service. Now we kind of fade down the music and the lights. That yeah. was the choir walking in. Choir walks. It's, you know, and that's where the book really starts talking about that, the origins of the choir. It was that kind of, uh, it was kind of just like the the start. Like, this is the start of the Kind of like a segue. A segue, yeah. Like, how are we going to – is either flash the lights on and off to let people know, which I go to a church on Tuesday nights, and they do that for people to move to start moving their way to the worship service. It's like at an opera or something. <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking more like when my mom tried to wake me up, <laughs> she'd flash the lights yeah. on and off. Get up, or, let's go. Or teachers trying to get you to be quiet that or too. settle down yeah. and flash the lights. My daughter's over there shaking her head yes, so <laughs> I'm going to take that as affirmation. That, that still happens today. So it's just interesting. Like, According to Frankie Viola, he talks about the roots of the choir are found with pagan Greek temples and Greek dramas. Oh, so they do like little skits? Well, yeah, it's like the... Why don't we do skits? Some churches do. Would you do a skit, Tyler? I think so. I don't think I would want to uh, direct one or create one, but I would be in one for sure. If you want to do a skit, just go on any mission trip we any churches ever take anywhere. That's like the drama I, skit. What's it called? Isn't it like Redeemer or something like that? Well, there's quite a few. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, there's one I remember. Right. Specifically. Like the heart skit and all those. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, especially if you go to like Mexico or something, there's, they, I mean, that's the big thing is to do VBS and the skit. Yep. Uh, you're right. But however, I just went on a mission trip. I didn't do a skit. Well, did you go with a, an official group, Andrew? I am an official group. Did you just show up in Peru and just I figure the thing just, out when you got there? I pretty much just showed up. Exactly. You had the opportunity to. No, I didn't have any... Uh, uh, training. <laughs> just, you could have just done some kind of yeah. dance or they something. They would have never have known. Interpretive. <laughs> <laughs> That's the cross between drama and sign language that you're yes. doing over there. <laughs> I was doing the, the only part of the heart skit I remembered. The use your hands as the yeah. heartbeat. And, yep. And then it, and it, it flutters away. No, it flutters away. Oh, okay. So anyways, back to what Frank Viola is talking about in this book. Uh, on AD 367, that's actually when congregational singing, they kind of banned that and they replaced it with music from trained choirs. So it was all about making it more presentable type of thing, making it more of a excellent. We kind of do that now with yeah. our – our bands a little bit. We don't like just anybody like show just up, show up and play and play. Yeah. We have some sort of formal training and, we, and some sort of tryout process to where we're, we know that you can actually play excellently. Right. So why would they have done that? That'd be more for show for, to attract other people. The book says on page uh, 159, second paragraph, it says, that the shift was partly due to the fact that um, doctrines were spread through hymn singing, and the clergy felt that if 
the singing of the hymns was in their control, it would curb the spread. Okay. Sorry, I just got a random story because of uh, what you just said. The Did doctrine. You even listen to what I just read. I are, well, listen to everything. That's what got this random story because you said the doctrine, or they said the doctrine was in the hymns. We actually had, uh, well, a church I attended without you, kind of in between. Um, there was actually this lady there who um, said the the hymnal was more valuable than the Bible. You learn more from a hymnal than a Bible. Dude, so we were at a church that we grew up in. Do you remember the guy? There was an old pastor. We were in the, we were in the process. We had an interim pastor, and... And he was he was like really really charismatic for a Baptist church and was like uh what did he say he'd always say what all the time and then he'd say the the Christian answer anyways and then he did this thing where he would just like he just wrote very long sermons and he had a timer and when the timer went off he would stop right at that word and pick it back up Sunday night and uh, anyways we were getting ready to vote on this dude to be the senior pastor and then one of the final sermons he had made a statement of. Um, you can learn, there are times where you can learn more out of this hymnal than you can out of this Bible. And people were like, Boop, you're out of here. <laughs> but that's how, you know, that's how drawn to the hymnal people were. Not worse. Some are in those very conservative churches. There's still churches like that. Did you ever go to a church you can sing hymns? T.S.? No, I didn't. Lucky? Freaking you. <laughs> you are lucky. Yep. You were born at the right time. At the right uh, time. Apparently. <laughs> well, I mean, well, we of course, uh, I was just going to say, you were kind of in leadership at the church that I was at. So it's like, if you didn't want that to happen, then obviously I'm not going to. That's true. That's true. Anyways, you're welcome, T.S. You're <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Dusty spared you. They, we used to, remember uh, Andrew, we used to have open hymn Sunday night services where oh, yes. people just yell out a number for their favorite song. Their favorite hymnal, and uh, we would sing it. It's like so, a jukebox hymnal, Basically, much. Yeah. yeah. So the game would be to pick one that people didn't know <laughs> and the music minister nice. didn't know. So then he's, they're like fumbling through it <laughs> until they caught on what we were doing and – um, we had, his name was Rusty. He was a music minister for us, and he started uh, saying, uh, "All right, come up here and come sing it with me." Here. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. that stopped that game pretty quick. <laughs> it was fun though, while it lasted. While it lasted, it was a lot of fun. And then, do you remember the old uh, big old boy, Southern boy, that was more of an opera singer? This may have been right after you left. I don't. I don't your parents. There's lots of big old boys in the South. Your parents know him. He was the, the music minister there at that same church. Nope. Nope. Okay. He was a part of like this folksy country Christian band or not, not even a band. They didn't use instruments like a quartet or something like that. Acapella? Quartet? Yeah. Man, that was, um, that was fun. Let me tell you. <laughs> Side note, my dad was in a Southern Gospel quartet growing up. Oh, yeah. So nice. we used to travel with him all the time. <laughs> Hear the same cheesy, corny jokes every night at a different church. 
I did not know this about your dad. Yeah, he was. He's, my dad's a tenor, and uh, yeah, it was it was fun. It was also boring. You know, it got old pretty quick as a kid. All the traveling and stuff, but you know, we'll look back on it now and it's like, ah, that's a lot of fun. So as we move on in the time period here, around uh, fourteen, fifteen or so, before that time, they didn't have instruments. Instruments was uh, kind of perceived as immoral, um, kind of accompanied that with the pagan, what was going on in the pagan times with... Uh, <laughs> okay, so you said they, they didn't use instruments, right? Right. I don't think we really went over it. When did we start singing before sermons and all that? Because here's, here's my deal. Did Jesus have anybody sing before he came up to preach? Yeah, he sang, just as I am. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I want to know. When did it start? I'm sure it says in here. I'm not as prepared this week as I normally am, and I've well, had I don't. Like, I don't think it says when singing starts. I think singing has always been a part of music. Has always been a part of life. I don't know. In the Old Testament, there's sing sing a psalm. The Lord, you know, there's instruments in there as well. Yeah, but how many times do we read in the Bible about these sermons or people giving sermons, like Paul giving sermons and all this? They don't ever talk about music. Okay, and so then even at that, you're saying they didn't have any sort of instrument. So you're saying from the time we started meeting corporately together, the service itself, not worship in general, but the actual order of worship, the meeting in the t- houses. No. Yeah, kind of meeting in houses, but not really that. But being in the courtyards and in the in the um, marketplaces, all that, because they preached everywhere. T.S. Do you know? No, does it not say in the book? It probably does. I don't remember hearing it. I didn't read along with it this time. You're just wondering when that quote unquote tradition started, right? That- kind of what brought that apart. When they came together, music and a message. Right. Because I don't know if you've read the book, um, but this book tends to go more extreme than I originally thought it would have gone and kind of says that things are useless in a sense or a waste of what resource. What am I trying to say, Dusty? Well, he's just – his viewpoint, like he wants to go back – before technology, right. it's like what he says. In I, I agree with some of the reasonings, but I don't necessarily agree that because okay, so so as we're talking about the music stuff, you know, one of his big issues is that somebody like Tyler or myself or the guy that plans the songs that are church. They have full control of what's being sung. You know, at some church, at some churches, this time, seventeen minutes of music. You know, right? And and so that's the part he has a hard time with because he believes, and I agree that I can't really totally understand what he his belief is because I've never gone to a place that's like that. But he believes at open mic night basically every time every time yeah Yeah. like and uh, there there 
to me, I'm like, I yeah, that's cool. There are times for that. Like that, spontaneous, organic, whatever you want to call it. Right. Exactly. That's what he's more preaching about in this book. And so, But every time he meets with his group of believers, it's always, you know, somebody just starts singing a song and they all join in. You know, so does this mean yeah. while the pastor's preaching, all of a sudden somebody starts singing? Well, they don't it. have pastor preaching there. Well, they have individuals sharing, right? They don't. But would he suggest that in like a a traditional church, you know, while the pastor's singing, if the spirit leads somebody to start singing, everybody follows along with him? Is that kind of what he's suggesting? I I would guess so. Yeah, I I think so. But to me, there's that's there's a lot of chaos and there's a lot of abuse in that. Where I mean, we get asked to sing really old songs all the time. And I think that's where people get stuck on one song is, you know, there's, there's a song that you've been going through a certain situation in your life and you just get so like that song helped carry you through it emotionally. And so, yeah, singing songs like here I am to worship, and you know, opening eyes to my heart, Lord, that might take them back to when they gave their life to Christ. And so that becomes like, if ever they can play that song, I want to hear that song. And so then it's kind of like how the older generation has held on to hymns and right. have, have valued them so much. We tend to start valuing that so much. And so I, I think that if we had an open mic night, that people would just be singing the same those same songs. If we had an open mic night, I'd be having you guys sing a happy song. Happy song. <laughs> oh, happy day. Or no, happy uh, I could sing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That was always one of my favorites. Yeah, and that's a really old song. And I just feel like that's all that would end up happening. Somebody Right, I see that. But I I don't and I agree with him, I don't really know because I've never done that. Never experienced it? Not on a regular basis. I've experienced that where like like at church camp, you know, me T S, some other guys get some guitars and we just start just start singing. Just start going and that's an awesome time, but it also takes a lot of time. So I don't know. I I I couldn't. I don't know about that being. You you couldn't do that and have a structured one hour service or one and a half hour service. But that's part also his issue is that we've contained it to one hour. We have a time frame for it. Well, so what are we gonna do, Andrew? How are we gonna fix it? I'm not the fix it guy. You just like to complain. Does Ask he not have a time where that they set that they're going to meet? They have a like a, I think a start time. They don't necessarily have a finish time. It's like if you came over to our house for house church, we tend to finish at the same time every night. Sometimes it's sooner. Sometimes it's sooner. Sometimes it's later. And that would be kind of the thing is with his style is it's more like just. It's more like let God do his thing, but at the same time, like still anybody's picking a song, you know, so it's just kind of, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But again, I've never been there, so I don't want to like knock it. I think it would be interesting to to see what would happen. I think Maybe it, surprise. Might be, but I, I think Dusty hit on the head that would lead to chaos. Well, and the more instruments you add the more chaotic it's going to get, especially people don't know all the songs. I'm bringing a harp. 
so I was just talking about how they didn't bring they didn't have music for some reason they deemed that music was immoral it was you know kind of like when rock music came out I think I talked about that in a previous episode where my dad tried to go to a Petra concert and was a big deal in his church these kids go into this rock music now the beat beat is of the devil and so that's kind of what they're going through at this time and then that's where the uh, the organ kind of comes into play the first instrument used by um, a post Constantinian Christians is the organ and it's back in the uh, by the by the 13th century the organ was main part of mass as well but didn't the Calvinists come along and get, do away with it? Didn't they do away with all instruments? Calvinism? Yeah, I believe I read that. Or, sorry, I listened to that. I believe they brought in the organ and they said the Calvinists uh, got rid of everything. Like the book says, yeah, interestingly, right there's no evidence of musical instruments until the Middle Ages. But I would... Also say that in the Old Testament we see lots of instruments used for worship. Right. Not in a service temple worship, I guess, but private worship. Yeah, so here it says during the Reformation the organ became the standard instruments used in Protestant worship, except among the Calvinists, who removed and demolished church organs. So yeah, they uh, got rid of them. T.S., have you ever played special music? Special music, like we do it a little different now in our church, where the band still has, still plays with somebody yeah, else. Coming. I know what you mean. Okay, it's like a, it's like a separate song that's not worship ne- necessarily. Right, somebody individual comes up, and right. sings. Usually they would. We just had that on Christmas. Did we? Right? Oh, we did. Yes, yeah. we did. Something simple. Yeah. So by the by the 19th century, that's when the children's choir came into being a, an integral part of the service. Um, special music became more of a regular thing. There's a lot of churches where it was that was part of the order of worship was you know two songs or one song announcement, three songs, special music during message. the offering, during the offering yes. message. Yeah, and so um, that's just interesting. I, I didn't know if you'd ever. Special music is the worst. I always hate playing special music. I always hated listening to it. Because everybody's... <laughs> they could not sing. I don't know how many times I've heard, Mary, did you know? To be like, she knows by now. All right? Yeah, there's no way. <laughs> she still has no... There was one There was uh, one year at our church that there was a, a group of, I think it was four or five girls, and they, that was their special music song. Well, nobody else had a special music song, so they sang that same song for three or four weeks in a row. Let me guess. They all sing unison. No, no, no. no. They oh, were they good. they really practiced. Good. They did all right. There were harmonies involved. But, you know, by the middle of the first time, it was over. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding>. yeah. <laughs> Worship team, assemble. <laughs> Do you get a special power when you assemble like that? Yeah. Um. Oh, I was gonna say. What is it he uses in that movie? It's like a conch shell or something that he blows in. Oh, yes. Yes. I don't know what the equivalent would be. (laughs) 
We should have that like one week. Worship team assemble with all the haze and smoke <laughs> yeah. and lights. We all come out. Dude, that would be so amazing. <laughs> and so the, cheesy. Uh, Monday Night Football song. Yeah. Bum, 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 bum. Johnny, we know you're listening. So take this as a hint. Make it happen. Do it. Do it. Don't think about it. Just do it. So the worship team, the way that Frank Viola describes the worship team is the worship team will lead a lively, hand-clapping, body-swaying, hand-raising, and sometimes dancing congregation into a potpourri of individualistic, gentle, worshipful singing. (laughs) Yeah, we're doing it way wrong, man. (laughs) Hand-clapping, (laughs) body-swaying. I don't see any of that happening. I, I see the r- hand, hand raising. There's a little hand clapping. Well, I don't see the then. first the first song, you know, sing it if you know it. Clap your hands. Yeah, sing it if you know it. <laughs> gotcha. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so maybe here's the difference. I usually don't go in there until the end of the music. So. That's the difference. Well, and that's the next part, followed by the sermon and the pastor who dominates the rest of the service. <laughs> that's what it says? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> That's exactly how it goes. Okay, well, wasn't that great? Now it's my turn. (laughs) Yeah. Now let's bring it down a little bit. (laughs) There was, there was, I've been in some meetings, you know, in churches, and that, that was one of the things is like, man, we got the churches. They're excited, you know, everybody's, you know, really motivated, getting pumped up, really engaging in worship. And then you come out and talk, and we're just like, it's like, like you just, like, just take a nosedive. But been- I, th- I think that happens. There's a nosedive no matter what because they're just everything's kind of stopped. It's not as high energy. Yeah, it's not as high energy. It's not as music just engages you in a in a certain way. But maybe so that was that was said in a meeting. Yeah, in a it was like a staff meeting at a yeah. church I was a part of. Yeah, I feel like our pastor does a good job of like making it a point. To come out with a high energy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he throws out free T-shirts when he's yeah. <laughs> he's got. A I mean, I'm glad we invested cannon. in that cannon. Yeah. <laughs> I know in that slingshot, that thing's been a lifesaver. My arm used to get so tired from throwing out all those T-shirts. <laughs> oh, the Bible bazooka too. Oh, that thing. <laughs> Except for that first time we used it. Oh, that kid. It would be bad for him still. Um, have you watched the movie Four Christmases? Yeah. Yes. Okay, there's a part in that movie where this, the preacher comes out and goes, "Ladies and gentlemen, you're a preacher," or something <laughs> like that, and he's coming out and it's like, you know, confetti going everywhere, and like that's what I feel like people outside a church view. <laughs> yeah. Worship services. I feel like I just like watch that and I was like, man, <laughs> that is probably exactly how people see church from the outside, not ever going. I'm sure. Before. Johnny, take note. We want a confetti gun. All right, put it in a budget. Oh, I wish it was like that. That would be so awesome. Just one time, I want to see that. So the, it goes on to say, the origin of the worship team goes back to the founding of Calvary Chapel in 1965. The founder, Chuck Smith, uh, he started a ministry for hippies and surfers. True story. And so he welcomed the newly converted hippies to retune their guitars and play now with redeemed music for the church. <laughs> that is awesome. And that's the start of a worship band. Well, I've heard it said a lot of hymns are like old tavern songs, aren't they? Just rewritten. Mm-hmm. I've heard that with, too. 
with uh, Christian lyrics, so to speak. So apologetics. Right. It's a weird owl. Yeah, that's basically what hymns are, right? So you kind of mix weird owl with apologetics. And- so, so like for us, we'd be like instead of watch me whip, watch me in it. We're two bros in the Bible Belt. Oh, we're two bros in the Bible okay. Belt podcast, bros. <laughs> Dusty always somehow breaks out into song. Don't know how. And dance. You and just dance. can't yeah. see it. Can't see it. We're going to turn this into a video podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to start bringing a. I'm going to start coming and bringing a GoPro or something. <laughs> just put it in the corner. You guys are all like planning this out. This is great. All right, Dusty. Let's do this. Oh, what the? You got a GoPro right now. I record you. Just you. This just happened. I'm just going to take my clothes off and then you can't use this footage. Who says I can't? <laughs> I think that makes it even more eligible. <laughs> okay, you're lucky. I don't know where my SD card is right now. Well, good deal. I'm glad that that's not happening. Yeah, I guess it's turned off. You're lucky. All right, and then in due time, Andrew, the guitar replaces the organ. Thank goodness. And although pattern as a after a rock concert of secular culture, the worship team has begun as common as the pulpit. All right, I'm going to come back to this uh, about the you know guitar or it becoming more of a secular culture or modeling it after more of a secular culture because I believe that's a great way to reach a lot of people who uh, ordinarily wouldn't be reached. Well, let's water down but, Christianity. Andrew. But I want to talk about, have you ever been a part of a church with an organ? Tyler. You're going to hate me. <laughs> I know you have That's a big fat. That's why I'm asking. I haven't. That's why I asked. I mean, if I haven't been to a church with hymns, chances are I haven't been to a church with organ. Right? Okay, now our church, we had an electric organ. The church we grew up in, Dusty. Yeah. Now you got a you got a foot on each side of the fence there. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. I mean, electric <laughs> is of the devil, but it's still an organ. <laughs> we didn't have the big brass pipes coming out of it. However, I my grandmother's church, I, which I attended numerous times, does have those huge brass pipes. And yeah, I've seen those before. I just let me tell I just you, thought they were from movies. I didn't yeah, know they exist. They actually sound great if you know how to play them. The problem is the eighty-year-old women playing them don't know how to play them. They're great for like dun 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 dun. What would you know about baseball, Dusty? I played. I go to games. I watch them swing bats. <laughs> like once or twice a year. You watch them play with balls. <laughs> well, there goes our rating. <laughs> We're gonna take Sorry, this. Mom. We're going to have to take this off the Christian side now. What? God made balls. Okay, so. And in the Garden of Eden, swing a little sweet chariot. <laughs> Until Eve had to go off and eat that apple. Yeah. <laughs> Women. And then we had to cover them up. They still deny that it was their fault. <laughs> yeah, and they still deny it. Every to one this of day, them. it's still our fault. That's proof that men listen to women. Right there. Do you think Eve just ate the apple just so we would put some clothes on? Do you think that was part of it? 
According to the Bible, no. Oh, gosh. I wasn't being literal. (laughs) (laughs) You're like my son. I, like, dropped a drink the other day, and it didn't, like, spill very much. Besides, it shot straight up and hit me in the face. But besides that minor detail, it didn't spill over. I was like, dang, that's a miracle that didn't spill. And my son was like, like, Jesus and feeding 5,000 people miracle? And I said, no. (laughs) What? Okay, that's just – that's awesome how that happened. Okay, gosh. Figure speech, seven-year-old kid. Best part of it is I can see your son saying that. Yeah. Oh, totally. Just know the last will be first in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime we're in a race and I'm about to beat him, he's like, the last will be first to heaven, meaning that since he's (laughs) not going to win. Every time. Because I always tell his son – I'm like, I win, you lose. And he's like, I'm first in heaven. <laughs> I like to torture kids. What? Ask my daughter. <laughs> Ask your daughter, he says. <laughs> yes. You're about to say something, Dusty. So what's the gripe? On. That's a the name of the next part of this chapter here. Oh, what's the gripe? Gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) So what's the gripe? The Bible says, every one of you has a psalm. And it's actually, he quoted the half a psalm, so he's King James, which there's already, really, that's the version you're going to Or maybe he just likes to say half. I want to know how many in his house church say half. I want to know what Bible version his house church uses. Speaking of that, what Bible version do you use to use? I use the message. Oh, good. Good, good. That's just a companion. That's not the real Bible. <laughs> yeah, that's just as bad, right? That's King James. <laughs> companion. What did we look up the other day? We were reading something at House Church. It was uh, kind of like the message. Oh, well, this guy. Like, oh, it was uh, Ebonics. Ebonics Bible. Oh, we, yes, we have one of those at our House Church. <laughs> it is hilarious. It is. I read it as a red redneck, so I'm not allowed to read it anymore. <laughs> like, how do you read Ebonics as a redneck? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I'm just reading what it says. So Jesus said, yo, man, chill. <laughs> it, I think it actually said that. I'm like, no joke. Right. And brother. I think brother was in it. Yep, brother was in it. Yep. Yeah, we have an Ebonics. We actually have two Ebonics Bibles at my house church. I use the Net Bible. Like .NET? No, as in the new... Uh-oh. New English translation? I believe that's what the net is. And it, it was supposed to be... When it came out, it was supposed to be the most literal transa- translation. Because, you know, Greek words and... Uh, yeah, Greek words... What are the other two? Like Arabic and... Hebrew? Hebrew, thank you. One word may have like ten meanings... Yeah, And so at the bottom of the net Bible in the footnotes, it'll have all 10 different meanings of that word and why they chose the word that they placed in there. Hmm. So instead of reading through a verse at church and your pastor being like, well, in Greek that means, or in Hebrews that means they already just made a Bible that has that in there. Right. Cool. But then you can be like, well, actually, Pastor, it could also mean exactly. I have this. done that so many times. I I'll lean over to Lisa and I'll be like, actually, it means this or this or this or this. 
But he used this particular word <laughs> because... Hold on, let me find it. I just think that this is so funny, like, how we dumb down, like, when David killed Goliath, he picked up some stones, and we gotta break down what the stones meant. Alright, the you know, first stone these, stood for... These stones stood for the five tribes of... Oh, yeah, I know. And it's just like, could he have just picked up five stones, because that's all he could grab with his tiny little hands? <laughs> yeah. Seriously, I want to know, how many stones can your son pick up? Well, what kind of stones are we talking about? We're talking exactly. about gravel road stones or stones? Ooh, well, in they have yard? to be big enough to kill a giant. Yep. I don't know. And did he use both hands? Ooh, touche. Probably. He probably used two hands. Well, I don't know. He had to have the slingshot in one hand. It's true. Just kidding. He had a pocket. Could have picked up. Put the slingshot in the pocket, picked up two hands worth of stones, put him in his fanny pack. His moleskin fanny pack. <laughs> Where are we at, Dusty? So, we're, we're on the what's the gripe, and I kind of like how in this book, at the end of each chapter, he does kind of, kind of a frequently asked questions type of thing. Well, they're questions that readers have written into him. Or written to this is a revised, right? It's revised with George Laura. Mm -hmm. So he's got a deal when worship songs can only be announced, initiated, and led by the talented. This element of worship becomes more like entertainment than corporate worship. And I get that to a point, but I also think that people are over you to help you lead. You know, God's appointed people to lead you, kind of like a pastor. Yeah, and I I think showing up and just is. That's more of throwing. That's more throwing something together than it is somebody who's prayerfully considered for a week or two what we're gonna do this week. You know. Yeah. But I can see how he can go from the organic, like whatever's on this person's heart at the time. I can see how he would feel that way about that. It's just really hard, and I. It's just really hard to do that. Yeah. Like all the time. Would that kind of be like speaking in tongues? Just, you know, when God brings it upon you to start singing some random song. I mean, speaking in tongues, is that a, kind of like a gift? Because I never have an urge to sing any random songs. Well, and we, we have a friend, mutual friend, um... Because I don't really understand speaking in tongues. I'm Baptist. We don't even believe that's real. We skip right. the third verse and all the hymns because it had to deal with the Holy Spirit. Did you just say, I'm a Baptist, Dusty? That is what he said. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were a Christian. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, this is... I'm a believer in Jesus This Christ. is pagan Christianity, right? Right. We follow pagan rituals. So, I'm... I've come from the Baptist faith and message yes. belief system <laughs> <laughs> that I've been indoctrined with my life. Okay. Crap. I don't know what I was saying. Speak in tongues. So I've always assumed that when you spoke in tongues, it was always like uncontrollable. Like it was God. Hey, uh, hold on one second. Okay. Hey, uh, Jason, you're on my podcast right now. What's up? Yeah, we're recording, and I just put you on speakerphone. You want to say hi to everybody? Hey, how's it going, everybody? 
What's up, man? Jason Henry? Jason Henry. Yeah, you know Jason. Battle Flag Ranch. Battle Flag Ranch, a great veteran organization right there. So, hey, uh, Jason, let me give you a call back. We're about to wrap this up. All right, later. He's kind of like, what happened? What yep. just happened? We have a mutual friend. I've always believed that, as coming from a Baptist, that speaking in tongues was uncontrollable. That the Spirit just came over you and you just started speaking in tongues. When you look in Acts chapter 2 and the Spirit comes down, like it just seemed more uncontrollable to me. Like They just started doing it. Right. And... um. So that's how I've always kind of saw, like, hey, that's, that must be how it is, you know. But then I've gone to, I've played drums at, like, this Pentecostal church, and they, like, it was a planned thing at the end. You know how we pray at the end of a worship set? Yeah. They speak in tongues at the end of a worship set. But right. not not with an interpreter or anything, just blabbing. And so we have a mutual friend, he's a pastor. We, we were going to have him on a podcast, but you know how pastors are. Their schedules always change, and uh, oh, I thought you were going a different direction with that. <laughs> oh no, but um, but we, I do want to talk to him about this because we've had some conversations in the past of because he said he can speak in tongues, he can turn it on and off whenever he wants to, and so I I really I don't I don't know much about speaking in tongues. I don't really think it's like speaking in tongues because you can if you can turn it off and on whenever. You want to, and that's and that's what he says. That's why the Bible says, "I'd rather speak one intelligible word than a thousand words in tongues," because and he, because of that, you know. So that that does kind of say, well, maybe it is something that you choose to do because of that verse, I guess. But oh yeah, I never thought about that. So I, I so I, I don't think you're right in saying it's like speaking in tongues, but I don't really understand speaking in tongues because I'm Baptist. Because I always wondered, I was like, man, I'm Baptist, you know, if speaking in tongues was real, why wouldn't I just start speaking in tongues? But apparently that's not how it works. Okay, from what I understand, speaking in tongues is a fruit of the Spirit, and some are blessed with that, sorry, a gift of the Spirit. Some are blessed with that gift, and others are not. However, also in Acts it says if you're if you speak in tongues, there must be an interpreter around to interpret. Right, and in his church, they do have an interpreter that stands up and interprets the tongue. Okay, I've been in a church where there was this interpreter that interpreted what was said. However, the pastor was like, no, that's not what they said. Sit down. Because the pastor, I guess, understood it. And uh, this other person misinterpreted, I guess. You're just making stuff up. Exactly. (laughs) But they got he was she was called out in front of the congregation from the pulpit, and uh, I appreciated that. I was like, that was really my first encounter with it since becoming a Christian. I had gone to a church before I became a Christian in which everybody would just start breaking out speaking in tongues. And I had no idea what was going on. I was like, uh, should I leave now or what? Do you have that gift, Tyler? Um, I don't think so yeah um i've always been taught too that it was something that just spontaneously happened uh, and that there should be an interpreter and that it was you know it's a it's a language that can only be understood by whoever the interpreter is i guess 
That's what it's I a, like. It's an actual language. So yeah. I, that's and then that's where I go. Well, how how can you turn it on and off without? I mean, because you're not supposed to actually understand what you're saying. Right. So if you can turn it on and off, then you should. I mean, you would think that you would know that language or something. I don't know. So, all right, Dusty, we need to start wrapping this up. So, did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about that Frankie brings up? Well, I, I would just, I guess I would say where I stand in this after reading this and my experiences. I mean, I understand where Frankie's coming from. I mean, I understand that we are limiting people by not being able to express themselves and worship and, and being free to, to worship the way God's told them or whatever. But at the same time, like, I don't think this works in the church. Like the way the church is set up right now, you can't have spontaneous worship because it's a mess. You can't get that second. You're having multiple services and all this stuff. You, it's gotta be timed. I mean, that's why it is. It's a machine. It's, it's like going to the movies. It's got to end by this time so we can start the next one and have time to clean up in between. So I, I – but I've been a part of times where it's been like that, and there's been awesome experiences and awesome times of worship. So I don't know. I, I, I do think it's funny just music in general. Like we can't do anything as a church without playing some songs before, you know, like – it's such an integral part of the church services in general. Right. So it just frustrates me. Like on that side of it, like there's always got to be music in everything we do. Right. And that frustrates me. Is there anything else you wanted to talk to our guests about? Well, um, I guess one more thing with me. Uh, the way I we, remember, Tyler, you're part of when we. We're kind of starting a church plant. You're kind yeah. of a part of that process. One of the things we talked about, and the way I see what Frank is kind of going towards, is we talked about starting a church where, as a group, we only met for like one night a month. And so the rest of the nights we do like house church kind of thing, Bible study kind of thing. And, uh, so we, we would do the house church kind of thing once a week at different houses, and then we'd meet once a month corporately. And yeah. I, I see his kind of style meeting like where we can kind of combine the two, where um, where we can meet in homes. We can have those times where you know you hear many pastors and churches say you know real life change happens in a small group setting, and yeah. so. Um, I think if we focus more in the small group settings and then once a month, we don't just throw out the corporate worship with the band that has learned songs to play them well. We don't throw that out, but we we don't have to have that all the time. I, think. I agree. And so if we were just to meet once a month and have that time where it's not – it's a two, three, four-hour thing. It's kind of – there's no end time on that kind of service. Even come and go, like if you want to come for yeah, a short Yeah, even come and, and go. go. We've done like nights of prayer where you can – there's bands playing or whatever. New Life Worship Center in Colorado Springs, they have an awesome thing. And I think that just should be how the church kind of operates sometimes is they have a prayer 
tabernacle place. This is about the size of our whole auditorium. But um, where music's playing, you can constantly come in and pray. You can pl- There's a sound system set up. You can plug in guitars and lead worship. You know, music. You can do whatever. There's no schedule. There's kind of some like people like, hey, I'm going here this time. And it's just more spontaneous that way, you know. And I think we can have that and the other. But you can't do that on Sunday morning. Definitely not. I don't believe you can either. What's your stance, Tyler? Well, um, I think kind of uh, if you zoom out a little bit in this whole thing and think – and we talked about this a couple weeks ago in church – it's all a lot of it has to do with culture, honestly, and what people are attracted to. I mean, I would be lying if I didn't say that we wanted to be an attractive place to come to. I mean, the goal, the end goal, uh, is you know, is to see people come to know the Lord and grow closer to the Lord. And so it's like, uh, I don't know necessarily that we're doing anything wrong, um, but it's about you know. What are people going to respond to best, and are they going to um, are they going to re- you know feel comfortable in that kind of a setting, or are they just not going to ever come back because that's weird to them? Mm-hmm. You know, I think different people are just meant for different you know different styles. Mm-hmm. Like not everybody's going to want to just show up at somebody's house randomly for a Bible study. Right. Not everybody wants to show up Sunday morning to a bunch of people in one one meeting place right we're so, and we're assuming that we've been assuming that everybody is the same i right. mean this whole time for one the people we're trying to reach are probably hung over from the night before <laughs> so why are we starting so early at our church probably <laughs> <laughs> but you know what i mean like why are we starting so early like we say show up at 9 a.m to church well, golly, most of these people stayed out, have lives. Right. Some people are just going to bed at 9 a.m. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh, for maybe years, not. I finally, but... like, I stayed up past one for the first time. Like, I stayed out. Yeah, me too. I went to IHOP at one in the morning. Who does that? I went to bed at 12.01. I was hurting the whole next day. Actually, I was in bed at 12 o'clock, and... Uh, I looked at my phone. I was like, oh, it's midnight. And I got in the bed and went to sleep. What about you, Andrew? What's your takeaway from this chapter? It was another extreme chapter, in my opinion. Well, I think they all are going to be, but I think we can find truth. There's a little bit of truth. Well, I guess. I don't know. Because uh, he kind of uh, relates it to a concert to attract people and all that. Yeah, that's kind of what it has turned into. And I'm kind of tired of that scene, like the the lights and the haze and all that. But I don't want to go back to organs and pianos and choirs yeah. and hymnals. Or acapella. Like, that's no. stupid too. Right. I still want a guitar. I don't necessarily need the lights and, and the smoke and all that. Right. Or haze, whatever. I like how we all call it the right term of haze. Right. We correct ourselves. <laughs> we correct ourselves because it's not smoke, it's water. Right. It will not set off a smoke detector or smoke alarm. It is haze, it's just water. 
So yeah, but I'm tired of all that, but I can still live with it. I mean, it doesn't. And I guess I could still live with hymnals, but that's not my cup of tea. I I feel like the church is going in in a more direction of of what he was saying. I don't I don't think necessarily that drastic, but I think that there it'll come to a happy medium of and just that's just the way like that's just culture is like that now. It's like local and organic and you know just small and so I think that that's that always you know culture always affects church no matter how much we want to say it shouldn't right. it always does. I mean, it's humanity. I mean, that's it. All plays into it. Well, we're so trying to like, compete with the culture. We're trying to say, yeah. "Don't go do this. Go to church." <laughs> yeah. So I think just it's just naturally going to flow that way, anyways. Um, which I agree. I I would like to see it do that as well. I feel like we should end in a song. You two can sing if you want. I am not. Isn't there some Dr. Pepper song that you know? Oh, gosh. Maybe one of these days. We'll play that song. One of these days I randomly That's not a worship it. song. You suggested a secular song. Oh, my goodness. Not secular. <laughs> we can even go. That's a whole separate debate of secular music, Christian music. Try and get that rating up there again. Yeah. Go back to it. Maybe after we finish Frankie's book, we'll just start doing topics like that. We don't know, because we haven't really decided what we're doing after Frankie's book. Well, I mean, we I think we can go more into how we see church and stuff. Frankie's not the only one out there talking, so we're a few He's years not. late to his book anyway, so there's According to his email he sent you, yes, <laughs> we are. He's written you know a million other books since then. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up this week. Have a good one, guys. Just as I am without... Andrew, don't cut me off. Two bros in the Bible Belt.